Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, let's all stand together. We're going to pray. And uh, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Not a weird thing. It's a Bible thing. The Bible actually says lift up hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Let's all do that right now. Lord, we love you this morning. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for all the things we're aware of that you've done uh, in our life in just this last week, God. How you've helped us. How you've protected and provided and all the things you've done that we're aware of. And so many things I am sure we are not aware of, but you are good and faithful as we've already declared. And Lord, we just invite you this morning to speak into our hearts, to speak into our lives, a very now word for every one of us. We don't want to come to just some kind of religious meeting, God. We need your presence, we need your truth, and we need your help today. And I just pray that all of that would happen. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon us and help us to have eyes and minds and hearts that are open to the truths of your word today. ask that you'd help me to deliver your word in the right way. And I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased, that you would be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Will you help me welcome our online campus? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. And we have our whole East team is over at the East campus today doing a run through. And they're with us today. Could we welcome our East team? Come on, cheer them on today. God bless you guys. It's going to be great. Amen. You may be seated. Then two weeks from today will be the launch of the East Campus, and we are super excited about that. Be inviting people. Most of all, be praying, because I've been saying it this way. Uh, this is how you do things. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by being fully funded. It's not by having cool equipment and great teams. That won't do it. All, I'm thankful for all those things. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord. It's by the help, the breath, the hand of God that will help us to be able to do this and impact lives. Can I get a good amen out of the church today? So, hey, we're, we're on that two-week uh, ramping up now. So everybody, please, when you pray every day, let's, let's call upon heaven. God, help us. We believe you've called us to do this. You've provided for us to do this. And now we just need the help of the Holy Spirit to draw people and, and bring change into people's lives. Exciting things are going on. Uh, going to be a great, great reward. And uh, so we'll keep you posted on all of that. Amen. Uh, let me mention to you, this, this Wednesday uh, is First Wednesday, uh, one of our favorite services. We only have one Wednesday night every, every month, and uh, we say that if you could only make it to one service in a month, not saying only come to one, but if you could only, uh, that would be one to choose. And something special and different we're doing this week, uh, Alicia and I are going to be doing something called Tag Team. We're going to wrestle. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, but we're going to kind of share together principles and stories and things like that. Alicia and I together are going to share about seasons of life. And it's so important that you view life in seasons. And, uh, you know, we watch so many things. My 
My oldest daughter is turning 30 years old today. And so don't tell me there aren't seasons. You know, I'm, I'm remembering when we found out we were pregnant and we were going to have a girl and now she's 30 and lives in Nashville, you know. And so uh, you'll frustrate yourself like crazy if you don't realize that things happen in seasons and know how to navigate in and out of those seasons. Amen. Well, let's get into the word today and our series is called God Will Make a Way. Everybody say God will make a way. Can I be real honest with you? About three times this week that I'm very, very aware of, I said this to myself. I just had to just grab myself and just say, God will make a way. God will make a way. How many of you, maybe some of that, or or you wish you'd remembered that? Okay. Why don't you just right now take a moment, and I just want you to say it as if you're addressing yourself and just telling yourself, God will make a way. Come on, let's say it. God will make Do it one more time. God will make a way. And it's so important that we know this and that we believe this and we call upon the Lord who is able to do this. He is always able to make a way. Life is, and we're kind of using this metaphor, life is a a journey. Some people said life is a trip. And uh, as we go on this journey, this road of life is not always smooth. It's not always straight. And there's delays and there's bumps and... Sometimes we get lost and sometimes we break down. You know, different things happen along this journey. And uh, here's your choices, okay? It's part of life. Here's your choices. You can travel with God or you can travel without God. You can live this life that uh, as long as we're here on earth, there are going to be challenges. You can live this life with God or without God. I highly recommend we live life, travel with God. God, with God. Amen? So uh, today I want to go ahead and dive in. We'll go right into Proverbs chapter 3. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Now I want to break this down a little bit, but I want to get this in your thinking. This is a conditional promise. It's a conditional promise. God will do something in response to something he's asked us to do. So let's look at this verse just a little bit more. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I find that I do better whenever I trust the Lord to actually, I might be trusting with my heart, but it does me good to say it with my mouth. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not, do not lean on your own understanding. In the Old Testament Hebrew, this lean actually means to, to put your full weight on. You know, like to lean on it. And I want you to know something. Your own understanding is not going to support you. Amen. You know, sometimes you go into a store or whatever and you lean on something. Somebody comes over and says, please don't lean on that. And, and either because it's special or because it... Because you're going to break it. It won't hold you up. And I want you to know your own understanding in the days we live is not going to hold up. If you try to lean on that for support, it's not going to do it. And then in all your ways, how many of your ways? All your ways, acknowledge him. And that's not just wave at him. It is, is a full acknowledgement of knowing who he is. And, everybody say and. And he shall direct your paths. Now, this word here, direct, has the idea of to make straight, to make smooth, to make plain. And so, this is what God promises to do. He shall direct your paths. Can I rephrase it real quick? God will make a way. God will make a way. But it's conditional. It's in response to something. It's in response to you and I trusting him with all our heart, 
not leaning on our own understanding, and in all our ways acknowledge him. If we will do that, if we do that, here's what he will do. God will make a way. God will make a way. Amen? Vital that we understand this, that God will make a way in response to something that he's asked us to do. Let's look in Psalm 37. It says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Look at it in the New Living Translation. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and he will help you. Let, let me see just by show of hands, how many of you would like for God to act in your life and situation, okay? How many of you would like for him to help you in your situation? This too is a conditional promise, a conditional promise. He will do something in response to something he's asked you to do. And he's saying, commit everything you do to the Lord. Commit everything you do to the Lord and trust him. And here's what he will do. He'll make a way. He'll make a way. Amen? Now, sometimes God helps us and we weren't even asking him to. How many of you can remember times in your life, maybe even before you were serving the Lord, that he helped you, he rescued you, he did something awesome for you. You weren't even asking him to do it. And, and, and perhaps you weren't even thinking about the Lord or seeking the Lord. And Come on, and God made a way. God made a way. Do you know what that's called? That's called mercy. That's called mercy. And mercy is a possibility, okay? It's a possibility. Mercy is when God, out of his incredible goodness and all of his resources, chooses to extend himself towards you and help you, and you may not even deserve it. Then there are other times where we're actually asking God to help us, and he doesn't help us. And you're like, okay, what's going on here? And what we may need to do is check something out here. In James chapter 4, verse 3, it says this. You ask, but do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask amiss. You ask wrongly that you might consume it upon your passions, which means that your motivations are off. Something is off here, and so God is saying, I can't sponsor that. I can't sponsor that. There may be something that you're asking God to do, and it's not in his purpose for you. It's not, it's not in your best interest as far as God sees it and he sees best. And so he doesn't answer in those ways. But yet we find in scripture that there are some ways that we can go beyond just the possibilities of his mercy. And we actually can position ourselves because of his promises. And if we'll do what he says, it positions us so that we can have God make a way for us. Amen. Amen. Sometimes things don't work because they're out of order. Have you ever walked up to a, a vending machine or something that says out of order? What does that mean? I mean, it doesn't work or it's not working right. It might be working, but, you know, maybe you're, you know, putting in a quarter and it's giving you a thousand back and the ownership saying, no, no, we can't do this. So it might be working, but it's not working right. And that's because something is not aligned right. Something is not working right. Something is out of order with it. And so that's what I want us to look at today. We'll just put it all under this heading today. We want to look at order, order. Everybody say order. Um, here's, here's reality for us. Uh, our priorities can get off. How many of you have ever got your priorities out of order? Part of how that happens is we are easily distracted. Hello, I'm up here. You're easily distracted. 
Some of you were studying the hairdo in front of you. you know, just joking. Please don't do it now. Okay, so I go, oh, well, that's awesome. Um, we're easily distracted. Here's the other thing. We just have in life too many choices. Just way too many choices. It's called option overload. In the book, uh, in The Paradox of Choice, the author writes this. Scanning the shelves of my local supermarket recently, I found 85 different varieties of crackers. Next to the crackers were 285 varieties of cookies. Among chocolate chip cookies, there were 21 options. And next to them were goldfish, and there were 20 different varieties to choose from. Option overload. How many of you know there's too many channels? Uh, many, 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 many flavors of ice cream. How about colors? When I was in school, we had eight crayons. <laughs> you know, just recently we were doing a little bit of uh, remodeling, renovation at the house, and we had two rooms we were going to paint, and when we were picking out colors, we found out this. There's so many colors. And in one brand, we found out there were 116 shades of white. <laughs> I think they're messing with us. It's option overload. And, then, and when you have so many choices, and you live in the freedom and abundance that we do, and we're so easily distracted, it is easy for us to get out of order and to get our priorities off. And when your priorities are out of order, life does not work the way that it is supposed to work. So this is what I want to offer to you today. First things first. Come on, everybody say it. First things first. You have to put first things in first places. Because if you don't put first things in first places, by default, everything else is in the wrong place. And so if first place is not there and we put something else in first place and it might be something good, something noble, something necessary, something important, but if it ends up in the wrong, in the wrong place, it throws everything off. We are now out of order if we don't have first things in the first place. And order matters. I said order matters. You know, just think cooking, a recipe, and so forth. You know, order really, really matters or you're going to end up with a mess. It's football season, y'all. Yeah. Woo! Uh, Think about this. A football play, order is very, very important. The team huddles up. Quarterback calls the play. The wide receiver goes, all right, because he's going to go long, run a pattern, and 35, 40 yards down, he's going to get hit with a bomb. Everybody's going to cheer. They're going to win the game. This is awesome. But he has to remember the order. And part of the order is as soon as we break out of the huddle, you don't start running. You know, you have to wait. Go get in your spot and wait for the hike. Wait for the call in the hike. You know, you can't just take off. And he might be so excited, I'm going to go ahead and run my pattern and get down there. I am wide open. But there are flags being thrown and whistles being blown because things are out of order. And so with everything in life, I mean from surgery to whatever, preparing a meal, order really matters and we need to have first things first. Say it with me again. First things first. So what I want to push on today is the best order for your life and it is this, God first. 
God first. And you know what? Come on. You're like, you're saying, come on, preacher, I know this. And I know you know this. Let's just pause for a moment. You know God should be first in your life. Let me check on these, on these folks. You know God should be first in your life. You know God should be first in your life. They amened more than you. Just, just saying. We know it. But we've got to do it. And so I want to talk about some ways. Let's kind of wrestle with this biblically. And let's wrestle with this practically because it matters. Order matters. And when God is not in his rightful place in that first place, it throws our life out of order. But I believe that once, once we have God, and I want to call it this, a God-first life, when we have a God-first life, everything else will find its rightful place. Everything else will. But then again, by default, if we don't have God in his rightful place, everything else, and it might, as I said, be good and necessary, noble and all of that, but by default it's going to shift into the wrong place because only he should occupy that first place. Can I get an amen today? Amen. So let's look at this. I think it should be obvious in our life if God is first. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus is speaking. He says, but seek first. Everybody say seek first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And as a result of that, all these things shall be added to you. Guess what we've got? Another uh, conditional promise here. This is in response to something. All these things shall be added to you. Can I, can I paraphrase it? God will make a way. God will, God will help you. God will make a way. But this is what we have to do. We have to seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing and being right. Now, let me put it in context for you. Jesus is addressing some people that are dealing with worry and they're dealing with anxiety. Anybody here ever dealt with worry or anxiety? Come on, come on, come on, come on. We all do. And they're worried and, and anxious about some things. And Jesus is telling them, here's the cure for this. He says, the things that you're worrying about. He said, when you worry about something, you put it in too, too important of a place in your life. So what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? And how are we going to live? And how are we going to get there? And, and all of the things that we worry about. And what Jesus is saying, instead of worrying about those things and pushing them in their uh, order of importance too far, he said, here's what you need to do. You need to seek first God, the kingdom of God, his way of doing, doing and being right. And as a result, watch this, these things, what things? The things you were worried about, he said, I'll help you with those. So can I paraphrase this for you? Put God first. He will help you with the rest. Don't put him first. You're on your own. And we've all been on our own. So what we want to do is put him first, seek him first, and he will help you with all the rest. Amen. Look with me in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. It says, as long as, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. This Old Testament uh, Hebrew word right here means to succeed, to break out, to move forward, to do good, to be good. As long as he sought the Lord, let me paraphrase this one. God made a way. God helped him as long as he sought the Lord. You know what? Just the way this is worded, the inverse is also true. 
If you don't seek the Lord, you really don't have the help of God unless he just steps in by his mercy. His mercy is always a possibility. But why not take his principles and his promises and do what he said? Do this and I'll make a way. Do this, I will act. Do this, I will help you. Do this, I'll cause you to succeed. Do this, I'll take care of all of those things. Amen. But it all goes back to a God first life. Put him first. He helps us with the rest. So what does a God first life look like? A God first life, um, and I think it should be obvious, but not obvious in this sense. A God first life does not mean that you always have to wear a scripture t-shirt. A God first life does not mean that no matter who you're talking to or what they say, you always have to say, well, praise the Lord. Matter of fact, I'd encourage you, don't do that, okay? Uh, A God-first life does not mean you have to have Jesus bumper stickers all over your car, your mailbox, your refrigerator, all those things. A God-first life is much deeper and richer than any of those things. It's not something I can stick on, put on, show off. It's something that's deep down on the inside, and it works its way and affects every other thing in my life. It's not just God first on something. It's God first in my life. And that's the treasure. And as that happens, and I want to show you some ways that it happens, but as it happens, it also, I think it's noticeable. I think it's obvious. And it shows up in what we call around here T4. T4 is your time, talent, treasure, and touch. And I'm actually going to soon change it to T5 because I, th- I think it also includes your talk. Absolutely. Your talk. But a God first life is going to show up, and let's just look at a couple of these. It's going to show up in your time. It's going to show up in how you use your time. If I put God first, how many of you remember the days when you got your, and you were mobile and could do something you know, about getting somewhere, your first girlfriend, your first boyfriend, you were just like, that's all you could think about was them. Only three of (laughs) y'all. Y'all really need to get out more. (laughs) And, you know, that's all you could think about. You know, and all of your time, all of your time. You know, I can remember being so silly and you just write their name on your notebook at school. And then your buddy go, who's so-and-so? It's like, don't you worry about it, you know, and you're ready to fight over it. (laughs) But if God is first, if anything is first in your life, you give it time. But there's something about not just giving God time, it's what time you give him. And if God is first, I think you give him prime time. I think you give him the first part of your time. Time is how we measure life. It's how we measure events. You know, we have minutes, we have... We have hours, we have days, weeks, months, years, seasons, decades. And I think you need to give God the first part. Look in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, to set it apart. This gives us a principle. This is a root issue, one of the root issues. And out of that come all the fruit issues of our life. We get this right, that we're honoring God with our time, so to speak. Here's the principle. What you do with the first part of anything affects the rest of it. 
What you do with the first part of anything affects the rest of it. So how does that play out? Well, how many of you would like a day that, that God helps you? I, I didn't phrase it well. How many of you would like God to help your day? Bless your day. Not that your day will be perfect because it won't be perfect because we're still on earth, but you'd like for God to make a way in your day. Well, then the best thing you can do is to give him time. And this is, this is what I would say. Give him the first part of your day. Give him the first part of your day. When you get up, give God that first amount of time. You are telling him and you're telling yourself, God first in my life. God first in my life. Rather than go off and do all the other things that we want to do. And I know the pushback. Well, I'm not a morning person. Or I've got to get my 11 and a half hours of sleep. And, you know, we got, we got all of these things that we would push back on. But I'm going to tell you, here's the question. Here's the question. All right, I, I get it. I get it. I hear you. But is that in order? Or is that out of order? Does that say God is first? Or does this say that God is first because the day that God will help. If I give him the first part of the day, I'm aware of, I am confident in, and I can count on God will help me, God will bless me, God will make a way because I started out my day with him. What about your week? What about your week? You know, there's even a day called the Lord's Day. You're here, you're doing it. And you know, it's important that we on this day, you know, give this time to the Lord. This is actually prescribed for us in Scripture that we get ourselves together and come to the house of the Lord on the Lord's day. And there's some things that that we're to do and you're doing that. And you say, well, this is all we do all day because it's the Lord's day. Now, let me take you back to Matthew 6, 33. Remember it said, seek first the kingdom. But notice it did not say seek only. It's all about order. And he's just saying seek first God, the things of God. Seek first, and then you'll find the rightful order for everything else. I believe this. Let me just ask you this. How many of you want God to bless your week? How, How many of you want God to make a way this week and to help you this week? Then you're doing the right thing. Be intentional about it and realize, you know what, Lord, I am here in your house on the Lord's day. I am acknowledging you. I am giving you the first part of my week, and you know what? He will help you with the rest of your week. Amen. Amen. And can I say this? My sole motivation is just to help you become more and more happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. And you know what? You don't have a shot of doing that if you don't put God first in your life. There'll be no consistency to it unless you put and keep God first in your life. Amen. Well, another way that a God first life shows up is in our treasure our treasure, how we use what God has entrusted us with. How many of you know that everything we have came from God? For the rest of you, everything you have comes from God. All blessings come from him. He's the fount of every blessing. Everything you and I have, have. We're not the owners. We're just the stewards. Well, does that mean I have to give everything away? No, no. He's giving you freely all things to enjoy. God blesses our life. God provides, but he's very clear that he wants us to honor him and put him first, even with our finances or our treasure. So let me go somewhere. Malachi chapter three, and this 
This gets refuted, but I want you to know it's in the Bible, okay? Will a man rob God? Well, here's another question. Will a man tug on Superman's cape? You shouldn't. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Keep going. You are cursed with a curse. This word, this Old Testament Hebrew word curse here actually means hemmed in with obstacles and powerless to resist. Be honest with me. How many of you financially, you don't have to raise your hand, but just get real honest. You financially before have felt hemmed in with obstacles and powerless to resist. It's equal to this. He said, for you robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring, here's what you do. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And let me just point out another conditional promise happening here. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, that there may be ministry. And try me now in this, one of the strongest challenges God gives connected to a promise. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Can I get an amen on that? Now, here's what the pushback of some people. Well, the tithe, is that still a thing? Here's my biggest clue, and it's real close to this passage. Verse 6 of this same chapter, just before he says this about the tithe, and the tithe means the tenth. More importantly than the amount is the placement. It's first. Everybody say first. First. In Malachi 3, 6, here's what the Lord says. He says, you ready? I am the Lord and I do not change. Why would he two verses later give us some kind of temporary something? And we find it all throughout Scripture, inference and reference to this. And here's the point, is that in our finances that we honor him first. That we give him what is first and not just what is left. We give him what is right and not what is left. We give him what is first and not just what is left over. And who else, listen, who else can do what he promised? You can't, I can't, no one else can open the windows of heaven for you. Rebuke the devourer for you. Pour out blessings for you. Or preserve the time of your harvest for you, only God can do that. I've illustrated this before sometimes with 10 $1 bills. Just give God the first one out of every 10. And it's easy to see that way. And I would rather have $9 blessed than 10 whole dollars to myself. Because I can't open the windows of heaven, neither can you. I can't rebuke the devourer for for my sake. I can't pour out blessing. I can't ensure and preserve the time of my harvest, but God can. And here's the thing. This is what he wants. Not necessarily an amount. It's about first. Come on, everybody say first. First. We need to be God, live a God first life as it relates to our our finances. Heard, Heard the story about a little boy who's going to Sunday school. We'll just call him Timmy. And as he's leaving, go out the house for Sunday school, his mom gives him two quarters. And she goes, put the one in offering for the Lord in Sunday school, and then the other one you can keep 
And on the way home, you can stop and buy candy. So he takes off, running off, and he trips a little bit, and he drops one of the quarters, and it goes down into the storm drain. He stops for a moment, and he looks up, and he goes, Lord, I am so sorry that I lost your quarter. <laughs> Isn't that like us sometimes? I read also about a young man. He went to his pastor. He said, Pastor, I'm, in, I'm embarking on this business. I believe it's going to be successful. But I want you to pray over me for the success of this. And I want to commit to you as a man of God, I want to commit to you that I'm going to give God the first part of all of this. I'm going to tithe on this. And so the pastor agreed with him in prayer. He launched out into his business. Business started doing well. And so his tithe was like $40 to start with. It kept prospering. It was his tithe, 10%, was like 100 And then it became like 1000 He kept prospering to the place where his tithe for the year, he was going to write out an annual tithe check, was going to be $600,000. He said, I just can't do that. That's just too much to give. He called the pastor and came in and met with the pastor. And he said, you know, when it was back this amount and that amount, that wasn't any problem, you know, me trying to honor God. This is just too, this is too, mu too much to do. And the pastor said, well, then let me pray with you. And he said, yeah, if you'll do that. And so they started to pray. And the, and the pastor just said, Lord, I just ask you to reduce this man's income back to a place where he can still honor you. Peter Marshall not the host of Hollywood Squares years ago, but Peter Marshall, who was a pastor and chaplain to the Senate, he said this, give according to your income, lest God make your income according to your giving. And I know the pushbacks too. Yeah, but we're kind of messed up and we're credit, we got it out of order and now there's no way to get it back in order. Or, um, you know, I'm pretty smart when it comes to finances and I think I can. Or I had my friend tell me that tithing, eh, you had all those things. Okay, and I hear you. I hear you. But here's the question. Is it out of order? Are you honoring God? We've got to have a God-first life. And it shows up in the hard places of our time. It shows up in the hard places of our treasure. But I'm telling you what, that's where you want God to show up. Is in your day and in your week and in your life and in your finances, no matter what is going on on the planet, that God would make sure that you're taken care of. And I want to tell you again, my sole motivation, my sole motivation, I want your life to be helped. I want you to be happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. Amen. So a God-first life, a life that is helped by God, put him first and everything else will find its rightful place. You'll have peace, you'll have freedom, you'll have that confidence in knowing God is at work in your life. And God first really means this, lordship. And lordship is lived out daily. I call it walking with God. And you can't really, and if you don't get anything else out of this message, get this right here, okay? You can't really walk with God unless you first of all sit with God. You can't really be walking with God, doing all the stuff, all the stuff, you can't really do that without first sitting with God. And I recommend you do that first, and I recommend you do that daily. And that's the place, sitting with the Lord, that's the place where you get all of this settled. That's the place where you get all this sorted out, where you restart, where you resync, where you realign, where you reorder, where you maybe repent, 
And certainly where you need to return is come back to that place where you sit with the Lord. You know what? I do it every day. I do it every day. I wear this, this band. I've worn it for years, day by day. What I do day by day takes me to my future. And I know me. I'm prone to, just like you are, get my priorities out of order. But what helps me to stay on track and live a God-first life is to start my day first thing with God. Get this squared away. Get it sorted out all over again. And then I can live my day, my day not just with the possibility, but with the promise that God will make a way. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Let's do this. Let me have every head bowed, every eye closed. Listen, if you've never received Jesus as Savior and Lord, I want to invite you to do that today. That's the beginning place. And then some of you today may realize, you know, I have a relationship with God, but it's not what it needs to be. I I need to get that right with the Lord today. So if either one of those is you, and then, of course, everybody, please, right now, Pray this prayer with me. After I pray this prayer, Pastor Ryan's going to come just share some real important things with you just before you leave today. But everybody right now, pray this prayer with me right now. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus, who loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I love you. I give myself to you. I ask you right now, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me. Forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new and set me free. Now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit. And with the assurance, you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. Help me now to put you first, to keep you first. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's thank God for that right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Ryan. Hey, just one second before I dismiss you. If you made that decision today to receive Jesus as your Savior, if you would, there is a green card located in your seat back. If you'll fill that out before you leave and drop that off with one of our ushers at the door, this is really important because it gives us some information and it allows us to get some information into your hands because we want to help you take your next steps. You can also text us. uh, You can text the word STEPS to the number 24. Five eight seven, And then if you were here today for the first time, we have a connection card. Same thing, if you'll just fill this out before you leave, drop this out uh, off at one of our VIP areas located on the north or south entrance. They'll take that card, and in exchange, they will give you a coupon from our cafe, just a small way to say thank you so much for being with us today. Remember, you can get signed up for baptisms right outside. We're going to have our prayer team right up here at the end of service to pray for any needs you might have. And the beginning this week is small groups, and we're doing something new where we are taking Pastor Tim's message from today. We break it up into some clips, and then you can do a message-based small group in the comfort of your home. And this is why it's so important. It's going to let you apply the things that you really hear today. You can apply them practically in your life, and we really think it's going to be a benefit for you as we help you go from where you are to where God wants you to be. Amen? 
Amen. Well, you guys have a great Labor Day. Be safe and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.